everyone, my name is Jacob. I'm the campus director here, and uh, I get to share with you this morning. Uh, we've been doing a sermon series uh, from First Peter on the dimensions of love, and today the topic is leadership. So I'm just going to pray, uh, and we're going to get going. So, uh, God, thank you so much that you love us, uh, that all throughout this book, uh, there's just exhortation to hold fast to these promises that you are good, uh, that there is a future hope, and that it's, it's worth whatever we need to go through in this moment because you are just so much better than whatever we're going through. And so I pray that uh, today you would speak to us, that you would encourage us in whatever situation we're in, uh, that you are worth it, that you are good, and uh, that we get to trust you. Amen. Uh, so we are on 1 Peter, and we're reading from 1 Peter 5, 1 to 6. So I'm just going to read it all the way through. Uh, so you can join me, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 6. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Uh, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Uh, so the context here for, uh, for Peter is he's writing to a bunch of churches that are going through a ton of persecution. And we've heard this over and over again the last few weeks, that the people that Peter is writing to are suffering. There is hostile neighbors, there's a hostile government. Uh, and so just to hold on, to continue to be Christian, to try to love people is just brutal. Uh, and Peter is saying, you can do it, hold on, but everybody's suffering. And so uh, the main thing that I'm taking away from this is Peter is encouraging uh, us in this text to trust God in the midst of suffering. Uh, and what he says that looks like is it actually looks like loving leadership. And so uh, verse two, uh, he says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Uh, so he's inviting us to be shepherds. And he's saying in the first verse, he talks about how uh, you know, he himself is one of these suffering overseers. And so he's appealing to us as somebody who is living it out himself. But this is what he's saying is to encourage us that we need to be loving leaders. Uh, and so he goes on to describe uh, what this looks like. And so uh, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be. And so sometimes, you know, if I am suffering and the people around me are suffering and and I'm being told, hey, the best thing for you right now is to love, to lead other people. I'm thinking, why is this good news? Like, why is this the thing that we need to focus on when I'm in the midst of suffering? Uh, and our suffering might be different than what they're talking about. You know, they're talking about persecution, which we're not going through uh, in the same way right now. Um, but for sure, we've seen that over this last year, people are suffering, whether it's mental health, anxiety, depression, loss, grief, uh, busyness, loneliness, relationally difficult, like there is suffering going all around. And so um, 
when I think of uh, all the suffering that I'm going through and the people around me, why is loving people the best thing? And so I go, okay, you know, maybe it's because I must. Maybe it's because, you know, it's going so bad for them that I need to step in and do something about that. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be wrecked. They're going to be done. I need to step in and be the hero here. And so, okay, you know, I can't, but I have to because, uh, because there's no other hope for them other than me. And so sometimes I feel that as a leader and as somebody who's trying to love people, it's like, oh, I have to step in because there's no hope for them other than me. Uh, but that's not true. We know that's not true, that, uh, that God is the true hope for people. And so from that truth, it's not because we must, we don't have to, Peter isn't saying you have to, but, it's, but he's inviting you to do it because you're willing, that there's actually, you're invited to love people because you want to, you're eager for it, you're excited to love people. Uh, and that, that actually, that eagerness or that, that excitement that he's inviting us into in this passage, God, that, it pleases God. That's how God wants us to be. So it's not because we must, because we're not the Savior. God's the Savior, but he invites us to be willing, to be excited to love people. So it's not because I have to. So then the next verse uh, is uh, not pursuing money or not pursuing dishonest gain, uh, but eager to serve. And so sometimes... I'm like, okay, if I'm being asked to love, uh, maybe this can benefit me somehow. And so for me, you know, I talk a lot about wanting to see the campus reached or wanting to have large community groups or D groups or to see the city saved, uh, which are all great things. Other great things are having a great business, entering into a great friend group, um, having a great family. And so there's a lot of great things that we're going after that God even invites us to go after. But sometimes I think, okay, if I'm going to Maybe I can love this person, I'll lead this person, and that will get me to this thing I want. And I remember uh, one time a few months ago, I had a student who was connected through a mutual friend. I was driving to UBC to meet this student. And I was like, man, I am so busy. Why am I doing this? Like, there's no way this is good news for me. Um, I should have got somebody else to do this. Uh, but I'm driving in, and I'm like, okay, I hear, like, why could this be good news? And so I'm like, well, maybe this student is going to be, you know, just like an all-star student leader. Like I'm going to meet them and they're going to be connected to all these people who don't know Jesus. And we're just going to like start a big Bible study together and it's going to be awesome. Or maybe, you know, I'm about to lead Alpha. So maybe this person will be like an Alpha leader with me and bring all of his friends to that. Uh, and I'm going through this list of, you know, how can this, how could this possibly be good news that I'm going to love this person? Uh, it must be beneficial to me in the things that I'm hoping for. Uh, but, but that's, that's about my gain and I'm going to love people. Um, I'm saying that I'm going to love somebody, but actually what I'm thinking about is my own gain. That's dishonest. It's dishonest gain. And, uh, so even if there's a good thing that God has called you to believe for, if we're using other people for that thing, that's not loving them. It's dishonest gain. And so Peter says that loving leadership is about, uh, serving. We're eager to serve. Uh, it's about them, not about myself. And so it's not because I have to, I'm not the savior, but I get to want to, but it's also not going to benefit me in this whole plan I have. It's about benefiting them and whatever plans they have. Uh, and so uh, then the next thing he says is, uh, is in verse three, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And sometimes I think of serving or as leading people as a way to actually get out of my own suffering. So I'm suffering doing something, but it's like, you know what, actually 
instead I'm going to lead and somehow I'm going to use this, lead, this leading to alleviate my own suffering. And so, again, in my context, something that I do is uh, I talk to people who don't know about Jesus, about Jesus, about the gospel, and I share that. And, uh, and it's a really incredible thing to do. And also feels awkward sometimes. You feel nervous. You're like, oh my goodness, how are people going to respond to me? Uh, how's this going to go? Uh, there's probably other things you do. Like I know when I, as a, like a, a director, I have a team and sometimes there's different tasks that I don't want to do. And so because that stuff would be suffering, I'm going to lead and I'm going to get them to do the hard stuff and I just get to sit back. So I don't have to do, you know, the admin uh, or I don't have to do the evangelism. I get to be a, a D group leader and, you know, I'm leading you guys and you guys are supposed to go now tell your friends about Jesus. And this is, and so I'm trying to alleviate my suffering by getting everybody else to do the hard work. Uh, and Peter says, that's not what's going on here either. I'm not asking you to lead to alleviate your own suffering. I'm asking you to not lord it over those that I've trusted you, that God's trusted you with, but to actually be an example to those. And so you're, you're not now getting rid of the hard stuff, but you're an example of what it looks like to do evangelism. Or you're an example of what it looks like to really um, do the stuff, the hard work that nobody sees. Uh, and that we're actually being called here to be, uh, it's one of the main things here in this verse is that leaders are in their suffering, loving those who are suffering by being an example of what it looks like to trust Jesus more than we trust our suffering, to trust Jesus more than we trust our control of what's going on in this moment by stepping into the love, stepping into the suffering and being an example of other people for other people to come and follow us and follow with us. Um, so that all just seems really hard. Like loving people, leading people, it's, it's not about me, it's about them. And so in my busy, struggling life, where it's just, you know, there's a lot of hard stuff. Like, why is this possibly good news? If it's not going to alleviate my suffering, if it's not going to get to my goal, if I don't have to, like, why is this good news? Uh, and so uh, Peter says in four, verse four, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That's why it's good news. Because when Jesus comes, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. And that's a, that's a promise. Like, stay in it. Because when Jesus comes, it's going to be good. Jesus is making it good. And so, I mean, I like that. I do believe that Jesus is making it good. And one day, you know, we're going to be in heaven. But that's just really hard right now. Like, it's hard in suffering to love other people. It's hard to wait that long. Like, it's just hard. It's hard to just walk through your own suffering trying to believe that that's true. Not to mention, go love other people and be an example to other people. Like, I can barely get out, get out of my bed today. So, uh, I have a story of this. Um, kind of from, from this past year, uh, the most painful thing that I've been through so far, uh, well, at least in the last little while, um, was I went through a breakup, uh, that I didn't want to happen. 
and uh, about a year ago. And you know, it was, it was really painful for me. It was really hard. And it might be trivial compared to a lot of the things that are going on in this world. Um, but it's, it was really hard for me. And it's the example I got. And uh, there's a lot of days that I just felt like 2% of a human. Like, I just, I just like, my life just felt empty, <laughs> meaningless, like, sad. But just like this emptiness of like, man, like I just, what, why is it worth moving on? Like, why is it worth trying to even figure out my own life, not to mention love other people or, uh, and yet I was, a, you know, I was a campus director. And so I, you know, I have a job to love people. I mean, my team was incredible. They're so gracious and kind and PG and Jonathan were amazing. But so I'm, you know, I spent a few months where it was just really hard to leave my room. Like it was just hard to get out of bed and um and I remember uh lying there um on my floor in my bedroom uh and I remember like thinking through okay you know my life feels pretty empty and meaningless uh don't have a whole lot of hope for where it's gonna go so that's kind of what's the point of moving on from here. Uh, and then, because I live in a house with a dozen people, uh, then I would, you know, hear my roommates making noise downstairs or laughing or, and I'd go, huh. I mean, some of my roommates, they seem happy. And they seem like, uh, like they actually, you know what? I think they actually have a good life. Like they got a life going for them and, you know, they're making progress and they seem happy and they seem like they have some hope. And I don't got a lot of hope for myself right now, um, but they seem like their lives could at least be good. So I don't know what to do about me, but maybe I can go and do the dishes because that'll save them some time and they can at least carry on with their good lives. Or maybe I can go and you know listen to them or encourage them or I don't know, just put myself out there to try to make my life about them a little bit because my life doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, but you know, theirs, maybe theirs could. And, uh, and so I would, you know, get out of bed and I'd go downstairs and I'd do the dishes <laughs> and I'd hang out with people. And, uh, and over time, this was one of the main things that brought me out of just like the pain and discouragement and suffering into like, uh, I don't know, the last little while has been super joyful for me. Um, I mean, that was helpful. I had a lot of ice cream so that you can count it. That's helpful for sure. <laughs> My roommates can attest to that. <laughs> it's a few months of a lot of ice cream. Um, but it was mostly that I would get out of bed and I'd go try to love people because my life didn't have a, <laughs> you know, I was suffering, but maybe I can help some other people. And then as I put myself in a place where I was trying to love and be in relationship with people, then I'm like 2% of a human, right? Like I just don't have a lot. I'm just given the tiny little bit that I got. Uh, but they notice that because now I'm, you know, I'm in the kitchen and they go, how are you doing? And, they, and I get to be honest about my suffering and they just loved me. <laughs> and like Cam and Boggs and uh, the boys just 
they just loved me super well. And so it was probably, I think like half me choosing to go out and love other people and half just being honest about the suffering and just having an overwhelming amount of love come my way that together somehow brought me out of just this deep suffering, this pit that I felt like I was in and now into just like a joy and a peace um, that I didn't have to wait for till the end of, you know, till Jesus comes again, but I even get to taste that and be that now. Uh, so, so I think, you know, from that little example, I think there's something that Peter's on, onto here, where actually in your suffering, trust God by loving people. Uh, but then he goes on and, uh, and he talks about how we trust God in suffering is also through loving submission. And so he says, uh, in verse five, in the same way you who are younger, submit yourselves to those who are older. So youth, campus, young people, young adults, this is us, you know, you who are younger, submit. And, uh, and I go, man, like, I'm suffering. My life is difficult. You know, just in a normal day, I'm not necessarily talking about last year, but just like these guys, they're going through persecution, their life is struggling, and they're being asked to submit. If you're being asked to submit, like if I, if I agreed with what was going on, and if it didn't cost me anything, then I would just go, go with it. So if you're submitting, it's because you probably disagree and it probably costs you something. And so, uh, so Peter is saying, in the same way, you who are younger, uh, you, you're going to submit to those who are older. And this is going to be, this is good news somehow in your suffering. Um, this is just super hard again. Like, why would I, why would I do something I don't agree with that's going to cost, cost me more when I'm already in tons of suffering? How is this possibly good news? And so, uh, I have another story. Um, oh, first, when I was like a teenager, somehow God put this revelation in my heart that uh, if I honored my mother and father, it would go well with me. I don't know how that clicked or why that was, but somehow that clicked when I was in high school at some point. And I started doing that imperfectly. And, uh, and I think, I think that's like the main basis for a lot of all, all the good things that have gone on in my life. <laughs> I can trace back to trusting my parents and submitting to them, uh, even when I wasn't at all sure how that was going to go. And, uh, and then that taught me that I could do that for mentors and I could do that for my boss and ultimately that I could do that for God. And I get to sit here and preach about trusting um, when it makes no sense. But I think that revelation, it's a promise in the Old Testament that uh, if you honor your mother or father, it's going to go well for you. Uh, I think that revelation has been one of the most, like, I think I can trace it back to one of the like cornerstone, most important things that God's done in my life. Um, but even recently, so... I, you know, work for the church and Jonathan's my boss and Jonathan's incredible. Uh, we're all human. There's sometimes he says things and I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense. Like he's got some direction for our campus team or, and I'm just like, this makes, this doesn't, I don't see how this is the right thing. I just really don't see it. And, uh, and actually I feel like it's actually going to hurt some people. Like I feel like it's going to hurt, um, 
you know, our young adults or our students or me. And, uh, and I'm like, this just, this doesn't make sense. And I actually think it's going to cost people. Um, and so for me, you know, there's been times where I come back swinging pretty hard and I go, no way, there's no way we're doing that. Like, that's just bad. Um, and I have my list of arguments of like, these are the 17 people who are going to get hurt if we do that thing. Um, and I've tried that sometimes, but God's been really working on my heart, uh, where he's like, Hey Jacob, like, like, where have I called you to be? And I was like, right now, like you've called me to be here. You've called me to be a part of this church family. You've been, you've called me to be even on this church staff. And, uh, and so Jesus is like, okay, if I've called you to be there, then your trust needs to be in me that I've put you here. And if I've put you here, then who is the natural leadership in your life right now? And it's, it's Jonathan is my, he's my boss <laughs> and Pastor Greg. And uh, so this is where I've put you. This is the leadership that's naturally in your life. Uh, trust me that I am doing a good thing and that I'm in control. You're not in control by submitting. And so I get to go and lovingly, tr- like, and to submit, like I'm trying to love Jonathan. And, uh, and I'm trusting that God's got something that I don't understand, but God is in control and he's going to take us somewhere. And so it doesn't mean that I now don't say anything because I'm trying to love Jonathan. And if Jonathan's going to hurt people, then I should bring that up for sure. Um, and so I definitely, I bring it up, but I bring it up because out of this place where I believe that, you know, you're the, God's put me here and you're the person that's leading this moment. And, uh, and so I want you to have all the facts so that you can make the best decision and at the end of the day, if you're still convinced that this is the way that we're going, then okay, if God wanted to go my way, I'd be the leader. I'm not the leader. We're going to go your way. And I get to trust God and, and in faith submit, uh, trusting that this is, I'm trying to, God has put me here to love Jonathan by submitting. Uh, and there's kind of this cool thing, like, when I'm like 2% of a person and trying to love, uh, love my roommates and believing that even though I'm like barely, you know, I can barely get out of bed, that somehow that's going to be enough today for God to love people through me. And I'm trusting that somehow God can love people through an imperfect, mostly broken human. Uh, then it's the same thing. Submission is trusting that God can somehow love me through following this broken, imperfect person. And, uh, and this uh, kind of takes us to uh, the next kind of verses that, that Peter is, is saying. He's saying, all of you, like it's all the same thing. All of you, whether you, we're all suffering, we're all called to love, whether it's, you know, probably in your life, there's leadership in some way and there's submission in some way. We all have people who are older, all have people who are younger. Uh, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And so, Peter's looking at this group, everyone's suffering. And he's saying, from his experience, as someone who's also suffered as a leader, the best thing for you is you need to be, all of you, in humbly love each other by leading and by submitting and ultimately trusting that God is going to lift us up in due time. And somehow I have believed this. And I don't know what Jesus did in my heart 
for that I get to believe it. <laughs> but I get to the last, you know, two months or so, I was in Nashville. I came back. You know, as you got camp high, you come back. The last month's been hard. I, my body hurts a lot. I got a lot of physical pain. Can't play sports the same way that I normally would want to. I don't know where I'm living in September. Uh, moving out of the Wallace, but I don't know where we're living. Um, I, I, yeah, there's just a lot of struggles and, you know, stuff on our, on our team of people going through really hard things. A lot of kind of feels like spiritual attack. Uh, we're trying to prepare for this exciting stuff in the new year, but I wake up and I just feel, I feel anxious. I feel confused. I'm like, how am I supposed to love people through leading them or through submitting today? It doesn't, I, I can barely get out of bed. My room's a mess. I don't know, sometimes it's like, man, I can't even clean my room or like buy a new phone plan. Like, how am I supposed to love people and be a leader? Like, this makes no sense. Uh, why would God ask me? But, uh, but I wake up and I start my day. I have to these days. I start my day with prayer. And mostly I'm trying to remind myself, okay, God, you are good. You are the one who lifts us up in your timing. You are good. You are God. You've gone through it all. You are the Prince of Peace, Lord of the Lords. Uh, you are you are good and you love me. And I work through that for like 20 minutes. I'm praying and trying to work that through. Uh, and eventually I get to a place of like, okay, if you love me, and I believe that's true, you've also, this is what you've called me to today. You've called me to love these people or I have these meetings or I have these roommates. And you know what? I don't feel like I'm, I'm much. I feel mostly like I'm you know, 30% of a human. Uh, but if this is what I've got today, then uh, I trust that you've given me enough to love in the way that you need me today. And my job is not to, to not to, I'm not the one who's ultimately loving everybody. Like it's not my responsibility. It's not out of a must, but out of a willingness, I get to come with you and go, okay, you are loving people today. You are loving people. You're leading these meetings. You're loving my friends. You're loving people today. And you have asked me to participate. And so if I've only been given 30% of myself or I only have this much energy, I, then this is how much it must take to follow you today. This is how much it must take to love people today. And you didn't make me Pastor Greg or Pastor Jonathan or Matt or Tim or Tara or anybody else. You made me me at this much energy and this much going on. And so this must be how much, since you've chosen me for this role, you've chosen me to love these people, you've chosen me to submit in these ways, then this must be all that I need to follow you today. And I get to do my best at giving 100% of the 30% that I have that day. And somehow waking up in the morning is always super difficult. And so I get to go through this every morning, trying to believe. And then I have a meeting and it's awkward. And I'm, and I, you know, make a I say something embarrassing or make a mistake and I walk away and go, oh my goodness, what have I done? I'm definitely not fit for leadership. I've made a huge mistake. And I go, okay, no, what do we know? God is good. God is good. He's the one loving people. I get to participate to the best of my ability, but it's not because I must. It's I just get to try my best for the sake of others. And he is lifting us all up in his timing. And my hope and my future and even in my suffering, peace and joy is not on me, it's on him. And because my life is built on his goodness and loving other people, then whether I'm at a super high high or a super low low doesn't matter. 
my day looks the same. I get to give 100% of what God gave me today to the best that I know how. Sometimes I don't know what it looks like to love people, so in faith, I try some stuff. But it doesn't matter. My life can be ups and downs. My, it, what I do is not based on me anymore. It's based on God. It's based on loving others. It's not based on me. And so then no matter where I'm at, I am always going in the direction of Jesus. And I can't be stopped because it's not about me. It's not about my super low lows or super high highs. It's about following Jesus. And so no matter where I'm at, I get to follow Jesus, which means that I get to be with Jesus. And when you're with Jesus, this thing happens that doesn't make any sense of like, he does bring peace and he does bring joy and all the things that are promised in the future, the heaven, the peace, the joy, like the lifting you up, like you get to experience that now because you're with him. And he is those things in the future and he is those things now. And so when I follow him, I'm not held back by how I'm doing. I just get to be with him. And then I get to experience that joy and that peace in ways that don't make any sense. And then he's like, hey, Jacob, keep following me. And so then I take another step. And then that grow, there's growth pains to that. I'm like, oh, I, why, why would I take another step? I'm comfortable here. I, this is good. But God's, he's moving on. And I get to follow him. And, uh, and it doesn't make sense. But like, why would you go for more? But I think there's something in us where we, we're created for We know that this world isn't actually what we're going after. And so we try to grab like a new job or like a, a partner or like we're trying to build something because we're longing for more and deeper. And, and there's constantly going to be more suffering because you're constantly being invited to love people because you're constantly being invited to follow Jesus and be with him. And so I experienced, okay, I'm going for, you know, oh, I'm going to love another person. Why would I was comfortable? I was happy. I was content. But Jesus invited me to love more. And, and it doesn't make sense, but there's something in my heart that does long for more of Jesus. And I get to grow with him and then realize that this next place, oh my goodness, he was right. His peace and joy is even bigger and better than I thought it was before. So, um, yeah. Throughout all this, Peter's saying we get to trust God in our suffering, but it looks like loving through leadership. It looks like loving through submission. And it looks like just being humble, that I'm not in control. Jesus is in control of my future. And so I get to walk into this leadership and this submission because it's where he is and it's where he's taking me. And uh, just a final verse um, to close us. Jesus, you know, in those days where it's really hard for me, I'm like, why is this worth it? Are you sure that it, like to love people in this suffering? Uh, like Jesus went and he's the one who did it first. And I get to look at him and go, man, he came and he just loved people. And he trusted God, submitting himself to the authorities of the time who went and killed him. And it makes no sense. Why would you do that? But then God, in his timing, raised him up to be king over everything. And, and Jesus says in Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And I think that's the invitation that Peter is now saying to us today. And so as we go from here, who are the people that God is inviting you to lead and to love? Who are the people that God has set you up to submit to? 
And what does it look like to not try to be in control of your own life, but to trust that in humility, God will raise you up? I'm going to close in prayer. Jesus, thank you that uh, you have lived all this out because it's the best way. And that you come in and in our weakness, you bring your love and you bring your spirit and you empower us. And we're not alone, but we get to participate in what you're already doing. And I pray that your spirit would come and you would uh, empower all of us in our suffering, that you would soften our hearts to somehow trust you in the midst of all that's going on. Yeah, Jesus, soften our hearts that we would trust you and it could look like all these incredible things that Peter's talking about. In Jesus' name, amen.